Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen of Luca Nation. I his heart's full, guys. Andrew's heart is full. His, his heart is full today. He just told me his heart is full. Can you believe that? I got wine teeth. I, I try to jump on here and uh, have a conversation. You know, Cage and I haven't connected all day. So I want to hear how his day's going, what's going on. But like talking to a wall today. So I hope, uh, <laughs> hope this episode, I hope this episode brings out the best in him. This so is a very handsome wall. Who, who painted this? Like an accent wall? It's a, nice, it's a nice wall. It's a nice wall over here. Nice you got an accent wall. Yeah. Dude, accent walls are a hit. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronzo. Can I tell you why I don't like accent walls? You know, my mother painted an accent wall in my house growing up, and she thought it was a little cool thing, I guess, in the 80s. But she painted one wall in my kitchen, orange, like bright orange. We had one bright orange wall. Tigers, Luca Nation colors. I mean, yeah, sure. If she would make tiger stripes out of it, that would have been fire. But just one orange wall in an otherwise brown house just looked weird. Yeah, just looked weird. But it was cool at the time, I guess. So, you know, we had an orange wall. I'm not, not going to be here to. to uh, I'm not going to be here to be the one to criticize your mom's accent. Well, that's not that's not that's not my style. But yeah. guys, today's a really. I mean, I feel like a proud father. Ooh. And what do I mean by that? I'm excited. We are the did you find out Luca some Nation in Mexico? You find one of the ladies. I did. One of I the did. ladies I'm having you're having a, I'm having uh, a, 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 a little Andresito? Andrito? <laughs> what are we going to call him? What are we going to call him? Andresito. Uh, he's going to be a soccer player. But he's going to play Andre, chess. He's going to be very, he's going to be a gentleman. Very chivalrous. Andresito de Oro. <laughs> the, the little Andrew of Goldberg. No. It's along those lines, but you know, the <laughs> first kid really is the Luca Nation community, and what right. we're building here. And, and guys, I'm telling you, you you uh, you keep me going. Uh, not every day is the best day. Some days are, you know, I'm flying on top of the world, and other days, you know, I just like I'm just like you guys. I'm just a human being who you know struggles. But after Luca hit that game winner, I couldn't have been more proud of naming this community Luca Nation. Dude, that, that was sick. Is unbelievable. That was sick. That was so crazy. That was crazy. And this is why I love being a daily podcast, by the way. Dude. One, because I get to talk to you every day. Two, we get to talk to Luca Nation every day. But three, something like that happens the night before, and boom, we're going to be the first ones to talk about it. And, and you know, this, that's the cool thing about sports and the hobby, and you name it, there's always something to talk about. So, dude, that was a sick shot. And I had to watch it a bunch of times. Like, how did they win? Wait, it was a three. Like he managed to chuck that thing up and keep his feet behind the three point line. I was like, "What?" The it was like a floater. He was like yeah. a floater from the three point line. It was like a circus act, is what it was like. Crazy. I mean, you can't teach that. He's um, he's an interesting breed. I think the only thing that's gonna hurt him is longevity because he's got the it factor, man. Like he, I was talking to Gav, who you know produces a ton of our content, and he was like, "Yeah, I was watching that game. I went to bed, and he had like six points at the half, and." The way he even said that, it's like that's such an abnormal half for him. You know, like this guy effortlessly seems to just put up stat after stat after stat. And I, I watched his highlights. He could catch and shoot. He could beat you off the dribble. Somehow no one stays in front of him. He gets you in the post and he could pull fade away. You get to the cup. He's um, – I'm really excited to watch Luca's career. I'm really excited to watch Luca's career. He's um, 
He's the only person in the league that could put up a 30-point triple-double and you not notice it. Seriously. Like, I, I have friends who I've been talking to, Luca, Luca, I'm buying Luca. you know, Luca's great. And they're like, all right, let me tune into some games. You know, Celtics fans, you know, fair weather. You know, when the Celtics are good, they're basketball fans, right? You know who I'm talking about out there, Al. So, anyway, he's like, I only watch some Luca games, right? So I watched some Luca games. Uh, you put it on. Oh, this this is Luca. I mean, I said, yeah, dude. Well, it's halftime. It's like, yeah, but he hasn't really done anything. I go, look at the stats. He's got thirteen points, eight rebounds, and six assists in a half. And he's like, oh my god, I didn't even see that. You know, you can't even tell because it's just it's effortlessly. And and the only thing I worry about with Luca is people have come to expect that. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's he supposed to do next? I mean, if the, if the kid averages you know twenty six, nine and eight for the year, and people are like ho hum, you know that's not that great. What you know? What? How does he better that? You know, what, what is he going to do? Do we expect him in three years to score forty and average forty, twelve, and twelve? Like, that's going to be silly. Did I lose you? Did you freeze? Or are you just listening to the madness? I think I must have lost you. Very sad about this because I think you froze, and I was I was spinning some genius stuff here about how Luca. You know, he's already putting up 28, 8 and 8 or whatever it is. Like, my nervousness about it is, you know, what does he need to do to improve it? Like, does he really, does he have to score 40 and 12 assists and 12 rebounds next year? Like, what, what does he got to do? I think he needs a roster, man. I, I think that, I mean, KP, I know he, he was, he's the unicorn. I mean, he's, who, who's the best, who's the second best player on that team? I mean, he's got like, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Willie uh, Willie Stein is like like yeah. these are guys that wouldn't be even they'd be nobodies if they're playing on the Kings like I think well, let me Cal- ask you dude right yeah. people people love Trey Young last year because he's putting up numbers and then everybody got excited this year because the the Hawks were a better roster and the team was going to have more team success and everybody liked John Collins and people liked you know when they bring in Capella right or, you know everybody liked you know uh, Cam Reddish I know you're a big fan and you know the whole team right and you know. And, oh, Trey's going to have a bigger surrounding cast around him. And his numbers are still good. But the cast is doing a little more. They're a playoff team. But Trey has basically become almost cardboard irrelevant. <laughs> my, my, my cageism, right? So do you worry about that? Like if they bring in somebody or, you know, they bring in somebody on that team, they sign a big name, you know, and Luca's still the number one and he's still putting up points. But maybe some of his numbers go down a little. Maybe they stay where they are, and you know the team's doing okay. But he's got a better sporting cast around. Do people in the hobby now look at it and say, "Luca didn't take a step up this year. Luca, Luca was flat year over year. You know he's not he's not continuing to, to progress his game. Should we sell his cards? I mean, trade stats. If you look trade stats, they're good. He's having a good year this year, but his cards have taken a real, you know, step down. Fear or Luca is impervious to this. <sighs> it's tough I've to know how to. Him. Well, it's tough. There's two conversations here. It's tough to know how to play this modern market. And if we're talking about the modern and the the base and the prism, uh, silver, that's really what we mostly talk about when we talk about these cards. It's tough because so much of Luca's success is already priced in. And how do you deal with that as an investor? Because you're like, man, this guy has so much upside, even from where he is now. But it's already sort of priced in. And I mean, you guys got to remember, this card was like an $80 PSA 10 just one or two years ago. Like, just think about that for two seconds. Like, if you had that return on any sort of stock, you'd be like, 
okay, maybe he could go up another 20, 30%, but I can't hold for all that upside because he could tear his ACL. So from an investing standpoint, it's tough. It really is. It depends your entry point. When it comes to, uh, I agree with you entirely, but 25.4 points, 9.5 assists and four rebounds, 25 and a half, nine and a half. So like league leader in assists, 25 and a half, nine and a half and four. That is, that is, that's Trey's stats for the year. Uh, uh, So Trey, that's what I want to get to. I'm a huge Nate McMillan fan. The fact that the Pacers fired Nate McMillan was a catastrophe. I thought that was crazy. He got more out of that team than I've ever seen. And if you guys look at uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they deserve a lot of credit. But I think Nate McMillan gets more of the credit than uh, she deserve more of the credit than Trey Young. He's in. He's an interim coach. He wasn't the head coach this year. He's established a defense. They're a good defensive team. Next, let's talk about something else. That team wins. That team wins even when Trey's out. So. I'm stump cage because I'm watching the modern market more than I'm investing in it, to be truthful. I'll tell you something else that I saw. John Morant yesterday. I don't know if you watched the end of that game. They played the Grizzlies, right? I be- So Grayson Allen missed two free throws. But I think before that, John Morant was at the free throw line. And they said it was his first free throw attempts of the game. So think about this. A guy who can't shoot from three who can't get to the free throw line. So I'm worried. If I'm a John Morant holder, I'm very worried. Because here's the thing with this guy. Fine. You can shoot the three. There's plenty of players who can't shoot, the, but you got to get to the to the rim and you got to get fouled. If you can't even do that, I'm very, very worried about John Morant. How that, much of that do you think is the injury? How much of that do you think he's still got a little bit of the yips, a little shy because he came back and he's not. He's just still a little fearful of, of exploding towards the rim and stuff like that. He's not, he has not played the same way. I've never back. seen anyone with the yips from a sprained ankle. I've seen yips from like Achilles. It was or a, a bad one though. It was a bad. That was a bad. You know, well, I'm gonna get what I'm gonna do. I'll call LeBron after this episode <laughs> and see LeBron. How is your mental health after you twisted your ankle and are out six to eight weeks? With the COVID, I, I mean, uh, vaccine. no, I mean, um, good for you. Good for you. I knew LeBron was going to be out forever. Right, right, I'll, I'll go one more. Mm-hmm. Dude, no one could keep Zion from the rim. No yeah, one could keep Zion. That's true. He's, 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 but, they, but they lose right now. They lose though. They don't win the games. Yeah, that's, um, that's a whole, that's an interesting combo. Do they lose the game because we're living in a three point league? Yes. And okay, I could I could let you get layups, but you're not ever going to beat me with layups. Also, that was super cool matchup to watch Julius Randle against uh, Zion, who have a lot of similarities, but are really different. Like Julius Randle, I'm not going to say he's a better player than Zion, but he's got a little bit of a more dynamic offensive game. So like he could pull up for three. He he's he could he I think he had a few fadeaways. That was a really cool game to watch because even when the Pelicans took the lead. I think it was obvious that the Knicks would win, but I think that's a lot more coaching than it is Julius Randle versus Zion. I would take, I think Thibodeau is one of the most underrated coaches there is. He's always delivered winners. He always brings out the best in his team. And this Knicks team is unlike any Knicks team I've seen. They're tenacious. They're gritty. Uh, so I know I didn't totally answer your questions. I was No, I you did. You did. I mean, and listen, it's not always about performance. I mean, I remember buying Julius Randle prism cards last year. 
So I watched a bunch of, of Nick games and said, all right, you know, this guy's good. He puts up the stats. But honestly, nobody cares. Randall is one of the perfect examples of a guy who was a high draft pick coming out. People were buying his cards, and then he just kind of disappeared. And even though he's now had a rebirth in uh, in New York and he is, you know, playing there, you know, it doesn't make a difference. It makes by the way, you hear that background noise? My son is watching some YouTube video. Some Mario goes to where? Where is he? Where's Mario right now? He's pleasing a bull. He goes to Tulum, Mexico. He's dying laughing. I don't know what this is, but he is dying laughing. Um, Dude, I, I'm like, I know you're a star, and I can't wait for like, guys. If you're not on Cage Coins, like, if you guys are <laughs> some pump and dump. This this is real. You guys are getting in the ground floor of someone who's has the highest of integrity and honesty, but he's a star in the making. This guy, my co-host, I'm very lucky to have him. Same time, man, your kids. I'm I'm really excited to see what Ian is when he grows up. Uh, it, it's it, you. It's something you've brought up though, Cage. Before this, you've talked about how it's really hard to regain momentum in the hobby. You've said this time, time, yep. and time again. It really is. Yep. And it's really something that's super important to know. Like as an investor, we've said all these things about these players, but we don't control the market. You know, there's Adam Smith, the free hand of the market. The market is what the market is. We don't control it. Gary doesn't control it. No matter what you guys think, no one controls the market. And at, at the end of the day, there's the free hand of the market. And if you're not having success, if you've lost hobby relevance, maybe you could say there's some guys, you could give some examples after this. It's nearly impossible to regain that relevance. Oh, yeah. Joel Embiid is a great example. Great example. He's oh, an MVP caliber. He was a huge draft pick, and still he's not even hobby relevant. I would bet people would rather invest in Trey Young than Joel Embiid. And Trey is 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 very close to falling into the same the same pattern of you know he had all this all this you know heat behind him, and people just fall off, and it's very hard to get that momentum back. And really, guys, take it take it towards your overall thing. And I'm, this is going to be my play. I have a couple of different cards for you play, but I'm going to make it more of an over, overarching. So it's a great segue, Andrew. Thank you. So. So really, it's this. I'm starting to look at football cards. I'm looking at buying football cards now because it's just, you know, it, that the, the season for that will be upon us before we know it. I want to get ahead of everybody, right? And let's just say I had um, 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000, whatever it is, in my budget to buy football cards to invest for this year. Um, there's two ways to go with it, right? You can try to find somebody who is um, buying cards. Who, who You can try to buy cards of somebody who is – uh, a rebound candidate, right? But let's say Baker Mayfield, right? We were talking about him last year, right? And, you know, two years ago, he was the top, top name, right? And then they added Jarvis Landry, and they added uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and and nobody was – he was he was the Trey, right? I mean, it's the same exact thing. We talked about it in our lead-up for the, the Hawks. You know, tr- you know, everybody expected so much out of them. So, so and they perform, they perform well, right? A playoff team, you name it. And a lot of, but his cards have not gone up anywhere near where they were two years ago, right? And let me give you another example Kyla Murray, right? He played real well last year. Bobby Darling going into the season. Going into the season, everybody loved him, right? And everybody was, was buying the hell out of his cards. So, do you put your money into a Baker Mayfield? And hope that there's a hobby resurgence, even though year over year it hasn't happened. Do you put your money into a Kyler Murray who's beaten down, even though year over year people do not ever get that momentum back? You know what I'm going to do with my money? I'm going to find, and this is sort of the play, I'm going to find a $1,000 worth of Tom Brady to buy. 
right? And guys, I'm gonna, it's, it's a little bit of cage, you know, annoyance. I tell you about how I regret what I made, what I sold, what I bought, what I didn't buy. But I came into this hobby, I had the, the right idea, and the only thing was wrong was I sold it. I sold too <laughs> soon. I sold way too soon. But I came in and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy Derek Jeter. I'm going to buy Mike Trout. And I'm going to buy um, uh, LeBron James. And I did, and I bought them. And I look now at what those cards I was buying, you know, Topps Gold, Jeter, the Trout update, and the Chrome LeBron. I made a lot of great moves. But if I would just held the ones that I owned, I'd be doing just as good, if not better. It's amazing, right? Go ahead. I think about that a lot. Like in the last year, you guys have seen so many hobby gurus, uh, like moving in and out of assets. I'm just curious if they hold, hold, held the first asset, would they yeah. have the same return, if not better? And and I'm not uh, listen. I'm not too good, too smart, or anything like that to tell you that that's something you have to think about, right? That you you, you sometimes can overthink this hobby, and yeah. I did great buying Devontae Graham cards, but I also got lucky selling out when I sold out of them, right? Or maybe smart selling out when I sold out on them. And You're using a great co-host, Cage. That's what it is. You are the man. Um, you reminded me that Devontae Graham is his third year in the league and he's 46 years old. <laughs> so it was very, very, very smart. I appreciate that. So, so, but guys, you know, Tom Brady, his legacy is there. And, you know, while his card might not double this year, it's safe. It's probably going to go up. And if he happens to do really, really well, you might actually see some great returns. Whereas, I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to be the same way. You know what I'm looking at for a braid? Not a rookie card, but I'm looking at some of his top chrome cards. The top chrome card is, uh, you're a little bit on mute here, but. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look at like his top chrome. It doesn't have to be like his first one. It doesn't have to be, you know, the 02, 03, 04, 05. There's a lot of really cool looking top chrome Tom Brady cards. And those are the ones that I'm looking at, you know, presently for, you know, where my investment was. You know, people like chrome, man. A lot of money going into chrome. I noticed Mike Trout, we talked about his tops chrome 2012. Those cards are going up, even though there's a tops update paper card in 2011. Um, I, I want to just, you know, round this out, right? It doesn't have to just be Brady, right? It could be, you know, Brady's pretty safe because he's still playing. So you have that, hey, I'm buying somebody who's still playing. Um, it's almost like a, a cautious word, right? So I, I, I'm going through this and I'm doing my research. And I said, all right, it was Baker Mayfield, right? And he was great. And then he fell off. And it was, it was Kyla Murray. And I'm talking to you guys about the rebound, right? But then I thought to myself, go back. Before the rebound, those guys were the hot ticket that fell off. And sometimes they're the hot ticket that fell off, even though they played okay. So I, I decided one of the things that I want to do, besides bringing you, hey, buy some Tom Brady cards with your money, and I'm looking at Chrome, and there's some bargains to be had with Tom Brady Chrome cards. It's try to figure out who to avoid this year, who's the Kyla Murray from last year, and the, 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 the Baker Mayfield from the, And you know who it is? Herbert. Josh Allen. I disagree. So Josh Allen's my guy. And here's why. Well, okay. I hear you. I hear you. Expectation to reality type of thing? 100%. He's fantastic. He's a great player. He's going to be awesome. He's going to be fantastic. His team around him is great. They'll be in the playoffs again, most likely. But right now, the card values, people are expecting him to be in the AFC Championship game. People are expecting him to take the step up from where they were. And there's too much downside with his style of play. It's exactly what I was thinking about with Tatis this year and why I sold all my Tatis. Now, I wasn't predicting an injury, but there's always the possibility of that, especially when you play quarterback in the NFL and you play the style of quarterback where you run the ball as much as he does straight up and down as big as he is, right? So that's number one. Number two, that AFC is too good. 
he still has to get past Mahomes. He still has to get past Lamar Jackson and, and an improved Ravens team. He's still got to get past the Chargers and Herbert or whatever. And Herbert's a great 1A, 1B for this conversation. I mean, I would not be buying Herbert right now either just because people are paying absurd amounts of money for his cards. Um, but the thought here is learn from the past, right? And, and Herbert might actually be a better example of the Kylo Murray, right? You know, because that would last year, Kyler Murray's second year, and he was the big talked-about rookie in the offseason. Herbert's the same. So I, I actually like that. Mine was more Josh Allen just because I think the expectations on him are so huge. They just really are. There's That's- two things there. There's two amazing concepts there. Let's talk about the first one. If there's a pattern as proven as time, it's the sophomore slump in football. It just It is what it is. And it, it's really basic. So patterns or stats or trends are only as good as the evidence behind it. Well, the evidence behind a sophomore slump is actually pretty basic. When you come in as a rookie, especially coming in with three, four, five games into a season, well, no one's game planning for you. No one even knows what the hell you're up to. With a year of game tape, what you, you don't think that everyone in that division, all the defensive coordinators are like, we're going to stop Herbert? That's all they're doing. This th- And they played them six times or two times each. So like – Sophomore slump is a very basic thing. It's just they're game planning now for this guy. They know what he does. They know what he can't do. And it happens. It happens to Lamar. It happens to everyone. It's not that they're even bad players. Second thing, this one I struggle with personally, earnings, right? Like you have earnings and you have a company that reports like negative six cents earnings per share, but their stock price goes through the roof because they did better than the worst case scenario. And then you have earnings that outperform. But people already kind of priced that in and they had these expectations and the stock price goes down. We need to remember it's not just performance-based. It's performance in a smoothie, in a blender of these expectations. And what a good investor does is he's able, he or she is able to look at what, what are the expectations? What's the market expecting? What is the market seeing? Uh, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like the expectations for Josh Allen, they're through the roof. 100%. And they're huge for Herbert, too. And and really, you could figure out what those see, expectations in the market. You just check a earnings calendar, earningsreport.com, and you can see this is what the company's supposed to earn. The right. expectations are not that clear for, no. uh, for a sports player, what kind of stats they are, but you can figure that out based on what people are paying for them vis-a-vis their peers. Look at how much people are paying for a Justin Herbert card as opposed to the other quarterbacks of the class. Look at what people are paying for Josh Allen now against someone like Lamar Jackson or somebody who, I mean, his cards are almost as much as Mahomes, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, and and it's great, right? Buffalo only has that. I watched the documentary the other day about the Buffalo Bills with uh, with Ian. It was awesome. Um, You know, um, great fan base. I got to say one of the best fan bases in the game. It definitely is. And you know what? They're, they're great and they're loyal. It's difficult to come out on top and really is all about expectations, right? And there are very few people who can, you know, who can go into a season with the expectations of being a deep playoff run and, uh, and actually deliver that. And Josh Allen's got some really big expectations. Last year, so uh, using actual numbers on this, I sold my Josh Allen Prism PSA 10 rookie cards in the lead up to the season last year. And you remember how good of a year he was having, right? You know, he was, he was really playing well. The price of the Prism rookie card actually dipped during the season while he was playing, and it took until week 10 for it to get back to the price 
than it was with I sold it for preseason. And it wasn't until week 12 when he was really being talked about like an MVP and you knew he was going to be in the playoffs that the card was actually worth slightly more than what I sold in the lead up to the season before he even had this MVP type season. So, you know, what does that tell you? That everything has to break right for you to be back where you were three months late, three months prior. You know what I mean? Like, it's very difficult. Plus, with football, especially on a quarterback, you got to work that the potential for injury into the equation as well. So, um, Josh Allen, definitely, you know, Herbert, same kind of thing, man. I mean, look what, look what we saw with, with Joe Burrow last year. I mean, I mean you know, you're never going to say, okay, that's going to happen. It's freak accident that happened. <laughs> Quarterbacks get injured, man. It's just part of what happens. I would argue Herbert is someone you uh, – uh, not Herbert, uh, Burrow is someone that would be worth worthwhile of your investment because coming back from a tough injury, and I think that guy's still a stud, and he's kind of the Devontae Graham in terms of uh, – he's like 42 years old. Right, he's older. You know what's funny? I, I started looking at Burrow to you know to look at buying some of his cards because I only opened one box of Prism Football. But you want those to hobby. be cheap. You want those to be exactly. – And the they're floor. not. They're not. That's what I'm I can't take on a $500 risk off a guy coming off an ACL playing for the Bengals like – the market is a little bit crazy. Like it's not just about like Burrow. If if his prices don't reflect what we think they should be, you can't just buy. It would be kind of it would be interesting if you could short in the stock in the sports card market. There would definitely be people I would short hundred percent. But it would be, you know, make, it would make the trading a little bit more interesting, fun. People don't like short sellers in the market, but from what I've read, short sellers are actually incredibly important. They add a lot of liquidity to the market. Listen, there's got to be a way to do it. There's got to be a way to do it. There's got to be a way, even if it's not shorting, there's got to be a way where you and I, we're, we're going to agree on, on a deal, right? Like you and I, we're going to say um, Justin Herbert's prism. Right now, it's worth Use the Lamello Prism. It's eighteen fifty, the last price. Sure. <laughs> uh, you say, I, you know what? I think it's a twenty five hundred dollar card on, uh, you know, in on I don't know July first. I'm not. I'm I, not. I, I haven't taken any shrooms today, so I would never <laughs> say. Uh, yeah, it's got to be you and I come up with a contract where I say, okay, there's no friggin' way. Like, I think it's going to be fifteen hundred, right? And we we figure out, okay, on July first, we we square that away. And if it's twenty five hundred dollar card, I got to sell it to you. For the price that it's at now, if it's a fifteen hundred dollar card, you got to get one for me, and I only pay you. There's got to be a way to do it. There's got to be. A I way think it's gonna happen. I think all um, our buddy Lior is working on something similar. I, I don't want to speak for him, but it's uh, a a platform like that would be super cool. Well, I have two things maybe qu- quickly. Lamarcus Aldridge retired. Yep. His top shot moments went through the roof. So that's. So what does that mean to you? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so, I mean, the first thing I'd like to say is, what does it mean? It means that at first I thought, okay, well, that means there are people collecting top shot moments. There are people who want to buy LaMarcus Aldridge. He's retiring. They want to get on his cards because it's not a flip game, right? It's not, it's not people flipping. You wouldn't be buying a LaMarcus Aldridge because he retired to try to flip it next week. I mean, there's no flip there. But the second, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it's just people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, like there are just people in Top Shot who are like, "Oh, he retired. That's going to make it worth more money. I'm going to buy it." Where that, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Can I so, go a different route with that real quick? No. Yeah, of course. What do you got? Even when you lose, even when things in life don't go your way, be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for the opportunity. Be grateful to be in the game because, he, like. You don't know how quick it's going to be taken. Like we, we think about it in life and death, which is like the extreme of it and it makes sense. But like 
you don't know if you're out there, you know, you have a job and you're trading cards and you're making some money and you're losing some money. You know, we often get caught up in it like nothing's going my way. Like I'm unlucky or whatever, but like you're in the game. You have money in the bank. You're able to play. You have a few cards in your in your uh, collection. You don't know how quickly it's going to be taken away. You don't know if there's going to be a, a, a family member who needs you to pay their bills. So the first step, I think, to success is, is gratitude. And you see these examples time and time again. Like think about LaMarcus Aldridge's day. They woke up and, you know, he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets. He just signed like two weeks ago. They was going to be playing for a championship. And now he's retiring. And sure, he gets paid, right? Like, okay, I don't even know if he gets paid, but like, sure, he gets his money. But like, at the end of the day, like, just like that, right? Like, just like that, Cage, career's done. And now you have to rebuild. You have to start start anew. So wherever you are in your life, you're a millionaire, you're a billionaire, you're $1 in your bank account, try to stay in the gratitude space. I think a lot of success comes from that. I like it. Some. I like it. The Jazz more we learn, nugget. the more we learn, the more we discover how much we do not know. Yoda. You just remind me of Yoda, man. Like when you talk, I just want to give Yoda quotes. I want to do like Star Wars Yoda stuff. I hope I, I don't I, do I want to do a show because... like Yoda. What I say? I can't even do a Yoda voice, man. I'm gonna how does Yoda sound, pal? Use the force. That's what it says. Use it's funny. It's funny. Maybe the reason I sound like that is because I've gone through so much failure and uh things not going my way that I'm like, this is the only way that's worked. And I just want to, I don't want to leave this. Uh, if no mistake you have made <laughs> losing, you are a different game. You should play There's Yoda. Why does he want to imagine You're the Yoda. writers of that? You are, you are imagine the, the writer, like whoever wrote that, like he must've got an, or he or she must've got like an F in, in, in uh, grammar. In English right. Class. He spoke backwards. Well, listen, we're changing it up now, guys. It's, it's Lucas tigers and Yoda. Starring right. Andrew Goldberg. Go ahead. Give my plane just a second. My plane is a plays a Hall of Famer, out of sight, out of mind. I've given him before, but real quick. Yeah. Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets. With what's developed in the last week or so, Jamal Murray ACL. Is that? Would you consider the Jamal Murray injury big news? Would you say that's big news? Like, would you use the phrase <laughs> "big for news"? The Denver Nuggets. Is it, it, would you consider that huge Great news? news. <laughs> would you? I mean, just would that be the phrase you would use? Because that's what I want to know. Is it big news? <laughs> <laughs> I would use unfortunate news. How can the Nuggets make the most of this? <laughs> all right. And is, is is the upshot Michael Porter Jr. card should be purchased now at all prices, no matter what? This is huge news. Michael Porter Jr. has been waiting for this. Uh, <laughs> huge news for him. Uh, Phoenix Suns. I don't think that if you bring up those three teams, I think those three teams are really similar. I don't think there's a team that has 10 guys top to bottom that can match up with the Suns. The Suns are an interesting team because they have a really good five-man starting rotation. They have Darius Sarge. They have Cam Johnson. Um, they You're a big have, fan of Cam Johnson coming into the season, but he hasn't really, you know, panned out. But definitely off the bench. Look at Cam Johnson's stats. Yep. Dude, he yeah. puts up numbers, man. He's incredibly oh, he's, efficient. He's very good for the amount of time they give him to play, which I guess is the point you're trying to make, which is, you know, top to bottom roster-wise, that's a starter on most teams. Yeah, dude. That's t- that was Tyler Hero last year. That's why the Heat – People don't understand NBA at all. People think NBA is like uh, college basketball. It's not. College basketball is playing 40 minutes, but it's not even 40 minutes. People don't understand NBA. I'm going to get it on a little riff here, but 
If you look, this is what you need to look at. Look at the possessions per game. Okay. If you look at college, there's about 45 to 50 possessions a game. NBA is 100 possessions a game. That means you're playing two NBA games for every college game. That means you have two starting lineups. It's a 10, 8, 9 man rotation. No question. It's just a proven fact. And your starting lineup is not going to get you through. It's just not. Uh, that's why LeBron's 3 and 7. If you really look at it, his bench has been piss poor. Cameron Johnson, per 36 minutes, man, the guy's averaging 15 points a game, 86% from the free throw line, 58%, 58% shooting from two-point range, 40% from three. The guy is a stud, man. The guy is a stud. But it's not just him. The Phoenix Suns have Darius Sarage. They, I mean, Boker. They have, I mean, they have Chris Paul. I'm not a big DeAndre Ayton fan, actually, if you ask me, but – I think um, I think the Suns have the best. Torrey Craig, he was playing for the Nuggets. I, I'm a big fan of his as a six, seven, eight man. Um, Jock Crowder, he was playing for the for the yeah, Heat. Jack, he's John, good. Crowder, yeah, John, Javon Crowder. Um, <laughs> J, uh, so Cam Johnson, you know, for everybody who was like, "Oh man, PSA nines are going to go up. PSA nines are going to go up." I bought some Cam Johnson cards when we were talking about buying them. And, you know, for whatever reason, I got them back recently. They were in my most recent return order. And there were a lot of PSA 9s in there and some PSA 8s. I sold a lot of three PSA 9 Cam Johnson last night. You know, the rookie, Prism base rookies. You know how much I got for the three of them? Tell me. The lot of three. $43 for the three of them combined. PSA 9. Crazy. Didn't even pay for my grading fees. Sad. Very sad. Nobody cares. Nobody I cares mean, about Cam Johnson. Nobody cares about Cam Johnson. Cage, I mean, if we we're going to go there, I mean, we're, we're running on 35 minutes, so I'm going to get to my yeah. play here. But um, I thought your play was Cam Johnson, so that was why I was shooting. No, no. <laughs> I, so I'm taking, I told you guys I'm taking a day trading course. Tim Sykes, you guys can look him up as I'm doing this, as I add, you know, as I learn more. But the, the goal is not to be a 100% winner. It's just that your winners outweigh your losers. So, okay, you you, you lost 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks on Cam Johnson. But that's outweighed by the two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 wins that you've had on other guys. So, like, the goal is to track, and the goal is that your winners outlose your, outgain your losers. And you do that up front with a risk-reward ratio, right? So you're not going to win everyone, and that's okay. I don't think the goal should be. My guy is someone who's just won just about every single game in his career, every single year in his career, who gets no appreciation, who has Hall of Fame coming up. By the Chris way, Paul? Michael, better than Chris Paul. Like, I would tell you, if you were starting a franchise, you would probably take this guy over Chris Paul. Wow, dude, you do this whole thing about the Suns, and then you talk about a guy who wins all the time and has got a Hall of Fame coming up, and it's not Chris Paul. Well, Chris Paul's not retired, so he can't get in the Hall. Oh, so I, the retired part is a different story. It's a whole coming up. All right, so, so let's see. Michael Jordan, he's going to be announcing Kobe Bryant uh, to as the induction ceremony. Wow, it's going to be epic. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a lot of press. And what people are going to be doing is, oh, Kobe Bryant. Let me invest in Kobe Bryant. Yes, no, no doubt. But Tim Duncan, yep. he's going to get all the press. He has all the accolades. And no one's even talked about him forever. His cars are going to get a bump, and they've been oversold. There's just no way that – is just tops paper card, which is a sub one thousand P- um, PSA ten pop, could be less than a thousand bucks. It just shouldn't. It's an iconic card. He's a boss. He's a winner. 
And dude, uh, who's the best shooter going off the glass? Bank shot off the glass. Who's the best? <laughs> Tom, Tim Duncan. Good job. You gotta teach the youngins about the big fundamental. Nice job. So how much is this paper tops? Eight nine hundred. It was really. So I, I remember listening to um, a bunch of different people we've had on um, about how Kobe's cards and Duncan's cards they kind of go in tangent with another. I think I was listening to a couple guys on Clubhouse were talking about this also, and that you can always kind of watch how the Kobe thing moves and then the Duncan moves. So obviously Kobe went up, Duncan went up. Kobe's cards have come down a lot. Have Duncan's cards come down even more? So now that 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 ratio is kind of out of whack. Like, what's a tops Kobe go for in PSA ten? Let me look that up. The top, uh, the Duncan sold for eight fourteen. The other one's nine sixty five. This one sold for twelve hundred Canadian. No one owns Canadian dollars, so I don't know what that means. So yeah, that's like twelve bucks and a Tim Hortons coffee. Nine fourteen. We have a few friends in Canada. I want to say shout out to all of our fans in Canada that are listeners, that are supporters. It means the world to me. Um, I like what? Canada. Terrence and Philip. A tops Chrome Tim Duncan is less than two k. But the paper one has a really low pop. Is yeah, that, you know, no, I mean, I know normally we like to go with the Chrome and stuff, but you know, the paper one might be actually the play, even though it's a little less money. Um, what else do we like about Canada? Labats. Labats is a good time. Molson. Hockey is awesome. The Pastry family that sent cards for Ian. Go, guys. We love you. What else do we like about Canada, guys? Cold. It's cold. Hockey. They make a good ice wine in Canada. Hockey. 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 And we had a lot of Luca Nation listeners. Wow. So. I'm a really good off the cuff. I couldn't think of anything. For Canada? You couldn't think of anything good about Canada? Dude, we got a lot of listeners in Canada. There's some cool stuff in Canada. I love them all. And if Love you guys every one of them. Anything I will absolutely do so. <laughs> this is awesome. Look, I can't think of it. Like if you want a Cam Riders redemption card or like a free computer <laughs> for your birthday, whatever you need. <laughs> Shots fired. Bang. Shoot up. Wow, that's great. I don't know what they put in the water. Every <laughs> time I try to leave, it got me coming the back. Cheer McGavin. Nice. Job. Did you just do a movie quote in a, in an episode before I did? I'm feeling myself today. Well done. Well, listen, you know what they say. If nobody else is going to feel you, you might as well feel yourself. So is that your play, Tim Duncan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to love it. Listen, and I, I would get it cheap because I think people, like, I just think off-market deals are the way to go right now, especially in slow markets, off-market deals are the move. Nice. So I'm going to go look at that because I was a fan of Tim Duncan. I really liked watching him play. I think, you know, there are very few people who put up the numbers, the championships he did. He did it himself. I mean, I don't know if David Robinson on a scene, but who, who was with Tony Parker? You know, Tony I mean, went to your favorite Hornets first season. That was such a weird thing to do. Yeah, um, and, Manny I'm, Ginobili I'm, is one of my favorite players, though. I got I like I Ginobili. I like, but Bruce Bowen, Bruce Bowen, and those corner threes and just being a pest and a great defender. Remember that guy? But yeah, that's a team, though. And Robert yes. Ory was on that team because he was on every team that won a championship. It seems. How like. does that happen, dude? I want that guy like around me all the time. Like I just want to. I want his presence because he just wins everywhere he goes. Well, listen. You have just said something that I will never say. Um, I will never say I want that. You don't guy want winners me. on your team. I don't want any guy around me all the time. Thank you, but no, thank you. Right, uh, well, not I that there's anything I want to win in life. I want six championships. I want millions of dollars. So Robert Ory, if you're listening. If Luca Nation Network, if you're, we'd love to have you. 
what pick was Robert Ori? He was a he, I believe, he's a Philadelphia guy, right? I think he was drafted by the Hawks, if memory serves, in like nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety three, the ninety two ninety three draft. I think he was in the same draft. Years old, Paige. What the f, man? He's older than you. I think he was drafted in ninety two ninety three. He was in the Shaq Leitner morning draft. Which, by the way, that's that's the one I think you have to compete with. Shaq, Morning, Leitner, that's the Zion, Ja, R.J. Barrett. That's the one, two, three I think that you got to battle with. Leitner wasn't the greatest NBA player, but he was he was pretty good. Uh, and do you know who number four was? Because then we can talk about who was taken before Robert Orr. You know who number four was in that draft? I'm not going to look this up. I'm going to try to do this by memory. Him. I think number four was Jim Jackson, and he didn't play. Like He held out. Jim Jackson for the Mavericks. You mean Jim um, Jones signed to the No, not Jim Jones. Jimmy Jackson. And then there were guys like Tom Gugliotta for the Wizards. Oh, no. Was he the Wizards? Maybe Tom Gugliotta. Um, Walt Williams was that year. Um, yeah, some some weird. Todd Day for the Bucks, I think, was a lottery pick that year. Harold Miner, Baby Jordan. All these All right, guys. All right, we're going to the whole draft. That was when I was no. collecting. I will say, let, let's say you're on this other end of this and you're saying, like, I, I just don't feel that Tim Duncan has the, as much upside as I'd like as an investor. I get it. I didn't necessarily want to bring this play to you guys either today. I just think he's so oversold. But you know who Tim Duncan reminds me a lot of? Kawhi Leonard. Big Bird. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. They're the same guy. Like, they're guys that out of sight, out of mind. They're not going to do much. They're not going to be on, you know, Dancing with the Stars. They're not going to be doing a ton of press after their career. They're not going to be doing a ton of press during their career. So let's say you're skeptical, and we talk about this. I haven't said this in a while. We don't want you to follow our plays. These are just watch lists. We want you to make your own decisions. Uh, and then make your own decisions. If you're profit, let us know because that's that's so fulfilling. But take a look because those markets, I imagine they move very similar to each other. I mean – I think I'm going to follow your play. I think I want to buy a Tim Duncan card just because they don't have one, and I consider him one of the greats um, you know, to play while I've been alive. I mean, you don't win that many championships. He did it the right way. But your point about Kawhi, it's 100% right, man. Kawhi is quiet too. right? He just goes about He brings his lunch, right? He you know, packs his own lunch, brings it from home, does what he needs to do, and, you know, and wins. Um, for cardboard? Is it better to be flashy? Is it better to have a cooler nickname? Should you be the Black Mamba or King James? What's interesting about Kobe is he was so hated when he played. People don't realize how much – like the love for Kobe has only come in the like 2012 to 2020. He was really disliked as a player uh, throughout most, if not all, of his career. It's really interesting. Well, you agree with that, right, Cage? I do. Well, I hated him. I hate him because uh, he didn't like him that much. I, I don't think the market liked him that much. It was uh, Kobe's a really interesting phenomenon. Like Jordan was beloved, Kobe, not so much. Well, here you have it, guys. I, I give you a start looking at football, guys, and don't buy you know the traps, buy your Tom Brady, you know, Tops Chrome. It doesn't have to be the O2 because those are getting pretty expensive. But what you notice, like LeBron's other Chrome cards and Kobe's other Chrome cards and, and stuff like that, they're starting to actually sell for more. I think that'll follow through to other goats, sort of like um, Tom Brady. And I like the Tim Duncan play because you're right, he's riding along with Kobe in this Hall of Fame. Um, he's always been tied to Kobe, and if you expect Kobe to go up, 
he will pull Tim Duncan up with him. And and getting that top card for eight hundred and fourteen dollars, somebody got a steal there. Uh, Gav, our producer, and I, um, we were talking about this the other day. I got to sing my praises because this was cool. I I didn't remember I brought this play, but I, I, now looking back, I remember because there was like a two week period where I was just on the Mookie Betts hype train, and I brought you guys the play of the Mookie Betts Bowman first autos. Remember in the PSA yep. ten? Yep. That was an eight hundred dollar card in August. Mm-hmm. You you want to take a guess what that is now? So. I'll just do math because I haven't looked at it. So his his um, his regular tops PSA ten rookie card, the base was like I was buying it for like one hundred and fifty dollars. So even if we round that to two hundred, it's like a thousand bucks now. So five x. So I wouldn't be surprised. Not a hundred fifty bucks after Gary showed that. Well, card. when Gary showed it, it was like three hundred bucks. Um, Went up to so, six hundred cage. I, I brought my play after that. Oh, so it was already Gary's already talking about these things. So it was eight hundred bucks. So is it like fifteen hundred now? Three thousand. Woo! So four X. Three thousand two hundred. That was as high as four thousand. That's amazing. I still don't like the auto cards, but obviously I'm wrong. (laughs) I like returns, and that I mean, I brought you guys a ton of returns. That's a blue chip return. Like the, the risk reward on that one was way different than most. I mean, this guy's an MVP player on the best team. Man, you don't get that a lot. I hope some of you guys cashed because that's a 4X return on an MVP caliber player. Uh, and that's just a cool card. Well, he so. won the MVP. And he's, a lot of people think he got skunked last year and he could have been one of the first in you know a long time to win it in both leagues. Was it Frank Robinson yeah, maybe? Acuna, Acuna, wow. On a tear. And having fun doing it. But the, the Topps cards don't move as fast as some of the Bowman first autos. It's hard to move the Evergreen in the Suez, right? And it's the like population. Moving Dogecoin. It's like moving Dogecoin, huh? But Dogecoin went up 100% over the last day. Well, Cage, Cage Coin's up 12x in a week. So go, really? Go get, yeah, man. Kev, Kevin Dugan, Altus, he knows that's the first person to buy Cage Coin. He put $10 in. His $10 worth $126 right now. Let's go, Kev. There you we go. appreciate all the support because, I mean, you guys know us. We're on here every day. We would never bring you guys stuff that we didn't 100% get behind. So That's just another way for me to have some fun. Seriously, I'm get, I'm not making money on that. I'm going to be giving stuff away tonight. You'll hear this at, by 9 p.m. So if you listen to this, I'm one of the first ones to listen to it. By 9 p.m. tonight, somebody who is an owner of that ridiculous cage coin who has reclouded it's not retweeting on Bit on BitCloud. Reclouded it, and it's holding the coin. I think I got sixteen people holding my coin now. Nineteen people holding the coin now. Someone's gonna win a LeBron Top Shot NFT, seventy-five, eighty-dollar NFT. I don't Can care. Can I make Put, a public yeah. surface announcement? A public surface, Jacob Rohan. I know you guys are big listeners. I can't do it. My stomach can't handle being one hundred twenty thousandth in the queue. I need <laughs> a pack. I'm itching. Dude, I was a hundred. What was I was two hundred, two hundred thirty-three thousand. I was my number. I, t- I mean, come on now. The only number we I know you don't have two hundred thirty-three thousand collectors. No, they said there were two hundred eighty-three thousand. But I was two thirty-three. But the last one, I finally got a good number. I got twelve thousand in the last drop. I was so excited. I, you know, normally it's twenty-five thousand, but they only had they only had twenty-nine hundred packs. That was a hollow pack. It was a hollow pack. So even twelve thousand, I was six times too many. You know, All it right. doesn't matter. Well, we rambled. You guys can tell we're excited, man. We love our community. We love what we're building. I I personally feel we're like 
in the top of the first inning of where we can be potential-wise. I see me myself doing this for the next 10, 10 years, and I, I hope you guys are a part of what we're building here. Listen, I love it. It's the most fun I have every day. So, Luca Nation, thank you. And listen, we love the comments. You know, people write us and they say, you know, we wish you stay away from that damn top shot. But, you know, we got to we gotta talk about it because it's hot. Did you, you know? read Sari's message? I did. Sari was over the toilet yesterday throwing up listening to your burrito story. My he burrito story. That's sick to the stomach. <laughs> well, listen, he listens every day. So we love it. We love We got a lot of listeners who do not miss an episode. And then they comment and they say it's disgusting that I tried to be a competitive eater, which is fine. I, I have a bone to pick, though. Like, oh, oh, nice. I beat, like, this guy challenged you to a food eating contest and then didn't eat, eat one burrito. Yeah, he did that's just called lunch, dude. I, yep. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was like, "No, I can't. I'm, I'm not even going to open the second one." Well, to, listen, to that's not him, how it works. I was already three in, so he basically probably could have eaten another one, but there was no way that he was no you way. You chose it, dude. Like, just come on, give your best. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, some people they don't give their best. Some people will tap out. We need a shun participation trophy culture. Shun, unshun. Reshun. Reshun. Love it. Well, Luca Nation, let us know what you want us to talk about. We 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 do read every single one of these messages. And you know, we do our best to respond to them as well. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.